Welcome, everybody, to the Lost Trail Podcast. I'm Chase. I'm Nate. And this week, we're also joined by Steven. Hi, guys. I'm Steven. Um, I'm new. Sweet. And also this awkward. week... <laughs> Also, this week, it's a little bit different. We are all remote because uh, Chase, you're in Mesa. Steven, you're in Payson. Or is it Prescott? It's Payson? Payson. Okay. You're yeah, in Payson. Yeah. And then I am in Colorado Springs right now. Uh, so a little bit different of a format than what we used to do the two times. Um, and so I'm going to hand it over to Steven really quick just to introduce yourself. He's a new member of our team and We've been climbing with him, hiking with him, and he's just a fun guy. So, Stephen, what uh, what brought you into like hiking and stuff? What got you into this? Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, I don't know. I just I've been hiking and climbing since I was probably like around eight or nine, I guess. And uh, I've been doing it my whole life and enjoying it my whole life. And I recently just got my degree at ASU and got a job with Arizona Game of Fish. So, continuing the hiking, hiking for my career, um, doing a lot with animals now. And yeah, I'm just enjoying life as it is. It's pretty fun. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to be here and uh, I'm excited to get this podcast going. Heck yeah. Um, Heck yeah. But yeah. And then over the summer, you were you were with Desert Tortoises, right? You were. That was what you were doing? Yeah, I was with the Sonoran and, Sonoran and Mojave Desert Tortoises in Arizona. And I was doing uh, surveys for those guys. And I was just kind of basically going from different areas in the, all over Arizona, like Kingman and Florence and a bunch of other places, some military bases across the state and um, getting like special permission to handle these tortoises from the state and uh, find them, which is much harder than it sounds. And uh, they're pretty elusive animals. But yeah, it was a lot of fun hiking like 30 miles a week, camping all week out there and uh, just searching for tortoises. Over my whole summer, I think my team found like 90 90 to 100 tortoises and i found about 20 of them and it was it was a good time but now i now i mostly work with snakes so pretty interesting uh change i guess but uh reptiles are all pretty similar in their body and how their functionalities kind of work so it's it's pretty interesting but good change keeps it similar but it's it's still a good change yeah that's yeah yeah it's a little a little different but uh pretty similar on how they they kind of do their live their lives like during they come out a lot during the heat and they're cold-blooded so um yeah pretty interesting but i'm excited to hear what you guys have to have been up to this summer and stuff so glad that's that's awesome and so you just in in like yeah to just be able to do that all summer has got to be i mean also you're doing that in arizona so it's like 120 degrees the entire summer yeah (laughs) yeah it's hot it's hot as fuck am i allowed to swear uh, we'll mute it out. You're fine. <laughs> okay, sorry. Sorry. Um, no, it's hot. Uh, it's it's really hot. Uh, it was like 120 most of the days while I was out there from like June to July and then August to hiking up some really steep terrain. It's not like I'm hiking on any trails or anything. We got special permission just to go on some government-owned land and uh, hike these steep, rocky, gravelly mountains. Took a lot of tumbles. Ran into a lot of different animals, almost stepped on some rattlesnakes and almost got bit by some like desert centipedes and different animals like that. I saw a lot of different species of animal, which was really cool. It was a good experience and it was fun for my first job out of college. I enjoyed it for my first job. That's awesome. And what did you, what did you major in? 
Uh, I, like I majored in biological stuff. sciences. That's awesome. That's so, uh, yeah. So that's so rad. Yeah, little biology degree, but it was fun. Good experience trying to. Uh, most of my experience in college was with mammals. So jumping into reptiles right out of college was a huge change from cold-blooded to warm-blooded. Or, I mean, warm-blooded yeah. to cold-blooded, but um, good change. Interesting change. I'm still intrigued by, like, almost every animal I see. So it's pretty cool. And now I, now I search for endangered species of garter snakes. So That's so rad. So that's, that's what I you're doing yeah, that's what I do now, and it's much harder than looking for tortoises because I'm looking really? for one specific. Yeah, I'm looking for one specific species of garter snake uh, that is endangered, and it's instead of all of them. It's only the only the last time it was seen. It was seen by it was by this um, biologist named Holy Cross, and it was in 2006 in Tonto Basin, Arizona. So it's only it's only been seen. It hasn't been seen in uh, almost 17 years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So you haven't but seen any. Still looking. still looking. I haven't seen one yet in person. Um, I've seen a lot of garter snakes, uh, garter snakes that look very similar to it. But um, after, because the only way you can tell the difference for, between this snake and the um, the endangered snake I'm looking for, and then some of those garter snakes is just by their scale format. So um, just how that kind of looks. And then kind of just counting the scales and where the colors line up on their scales. And then couple other different things that like genetic testing and pit tag testing which is just pit tag testing is like kind of like a, a chip we put inside of them to say that they're marked and we've seen this snake before no that's cool so that way you're yeah. not like yeah. documenting the same one twice or three times yeah exactly yeah so we're not if we find the same snake we're not labeling him one like snake number one four times in a row or something like that heck yeah yeah it's interesting it's a lot of hiking the garter snakes um yeah they, they're not huge. They get like, I think, up to like three feet long at the most, I think. But yeah. The, one, the ones I've held and dealing with have probably been like the length, a little bit shorter than the length of my arm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they just, they're interesting because you just hold them and they just either wrap around you or they're trying to jump out of your hands so badly. So it's <laughs> kind of fun to mess with them but they don't bite same with those are the ones that do not bite right uh they'll bite you but it doesn't hurt like when you get bit by them it's like uh they're not venomous so when they do bite you and then when you do get bit it feels kind of like a pinch and then you will bleed a little bit but it's mostly the smell because they have a musk with their bite oh. on their teeth and stuff so the smell is pretty rancid oh, oh yeah. no yeah so I, that's the worst part i didn't did quite not know that what was that, Chase? Have you been bit quite a bit? Yeah, I've been bit. Not, no, I wouldn't say a ton. Well, yeah, I've been like just over the summer, like 10 to 20 times, I guess. That's a lot of snake bites. That's a lot of snake bites. Yeah. They're not they're not big, though, and it's just like, I swear, it's just like a pinch. It's not even like you'll bleed, but then it's not that bad. It's like it sounds a lot worse than it is. It's not like it's a rattlesnake biting you and you have to go to the hospital and do anti-venom and all this, so... I did see a lot of rattlesnakes over the summer. A couple, a lot of different species, probably like five or six different species of rattlesnakes. So that was pretty fun. And yeah, they're, I mean, rattlesnake, like snakes are a lot more uh, defensive than you think. Like they're not trying to bother you unless you bother them. So mm -hmm. that's my 
conservation for snakes is I think important because they don't they're not going out to hurt anybody. They're mostly there just to live their live their life, you know. So, yeah, they just want to. Yeah, out. that I reminds me. I had a rattlesnake encounter this summer, but I'll I'll get into that later. Um, but you know it. I've heard that too, where they don't like, they're not going to bother you. And like most of the time people who get bit by them are like either it's like they step on them or something like that, or like you're bothering their children. I mean, bears are like that too, but yeah, we have here that we, Oh no, sorry. Sorry. We had, we had an instance this summer though. That was a little bit out of the ordinary. Um, there's a, uh, park nearby, not like a park park, but like a, like a designated forest area, I want to call it, like a city park sort of thing. But it's very popular with mountain biking trails and things back there. And there was a guy that was riding a bike, and a rattlesnake just jumped out and bit him on the trail, no warning. And it was Do just Do you know like, what type of species it was? No, I don't know the species because, I honestly, the news report just was like very minuscule yeah. on the information. But, yeah, it just he was on his bike riding away and got out and got him which was wild. Yeah, that is really wild. There's only one, um, like, rattlesnake that I know that's pretty aggressive, and it's a Mojave rattlesnake. Um, and they're just – the only reason they're aggressive is if you're, like, in their area, kind of. So other than that, most rattlesnakes are just going to kind of stand their ground but not really strike at you unless you're approaching them too close or, like Chase said, you step on them or something like that. Um, yeah. So the Mojave ones are pretty territorial, huh? <laughs> yeah, de- yeah, definitely territorial. That's a good word for it. Um, but the other snakes, like diamondbacks, I've been like a foot away from a diamondback. Um, I got a good, I got a good picture of a speckled rattlesnake, and he was just sitting in a crack, cool. and I almost grabbed him, and he was just like staring right at me, like, <laughs> like less than a foot away. And I then I just went back and took a good picture of him, and I have a video of him rattling like at me, and like. Like he was angry, but if you you keep your di- like, they can only strike half the distance of their body. So. Oh really? Um, mo- yeah, most snakes are kind of like that. Some snakes, some vipers, which a rattlesnake is a viper, but some other vipers that don't aren't indigenous to America can strike a little bit further, but most of them are only half their body. That's crazy. Okay, I'm learning new things about snakes today. Yeah, That's I mean, wild. tell you whatever I know, I guess. <laughs> Which isn't a ton, but I mean, stuff. I mean, it's, stuff. it's still a lot more than I know. I think that's just awesome. And then Chase, you said you had a rattlesnake encounter this summer. I did. I well, funny enough, two two rattlesnake stories. So, my mom and I were mountain biking probably seven or eight years ago out on in Usury Mountain Pass, twenty minutes from where I'm at in Mesa. Um, she rambled over on her bike and it did nothing. It did nothing at all. She just sat there and left us alone and slithered away. <laughs> and then huh. this summer, I was climbing out at Coyote Rock, you know, Lorazepam, out also by a usury mountain. And yeah, Connor and I were climbing. We I saw one just sitting in this little crack, standing there, just watching us. And then he just slithered away, did absolutely <laughs> nothing. That is yeah, that's how most of the interactions I see go. It's pretty awesome though. Like it's just good to see them 
not really I, I like to just not bother especially rattlesnakes as much as possible i know some people mm-hmm. that like to get really close and take pictures and kind of move them to where they want but i think it's better just to watch them do their thing than let them go because they're they're an interesting species and you don't want to really bother them because that's when things start to turn turn sideways but fun to see yeah. them when they're like that in your story chase that's and they I feel like that's a lot of just like wildlife in general. Like as long as they don't, you don't bother them, they're not going to bother you unless you like oh. either have food or get in the way of them and their babies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was I was on a run this week in Payson, and I was like probably like a mile in, and then all of a sudden there's elk just comes out of the bushes like three three feet away from me, and I was like, oh shit, sorry again. Um, but I was like, there's another elk. There, that's a huge bull elk with giant antlers and he was just staring at me and then i just kind of like slowed down and walked by him and he just stared at me and walked away it was funny and elk are not small they are no they're big elk are pretty massive honestly and this was yeah. a big bull so male elk that was just just kind of cruising through a neighborhood honestly and i was like That's... it's yeah. crazy to see how, like people underestimating those animals like you know like those tiktoks and videos out there of people like messing with buffaloes and elk and just getting absolutely <laughs> yeah this natural selection love it yeah at its finest darwin oh, award <laughs> the darwin award yeah oh man and then uh, since you're in payson i i know you go back down into the valley during like the weekends and things like that but like up there do you like are you able to go on many hikes or anything like that that you're able to do uh there's not a lot of hikes I do as I, I wake up pretty early for work. Um, mm-hmm. Doing a lot of like surveys down there, down in Tonto Basin, which is kind of, it's like about 25-ish minutes away from Payson. And I do a lot of surveys down there. So that's basically hiking in that sense. But mm-hmm. um, up here, I just kind of do a, a rain, like just a regular run kind of around. Because sometimes I do get called to do a survey of neighborhoods for deer and elk and stuff like that up here just quickly but um yeah not not a whole lot of hiking yet but we'll see i got like a whole nother year up here so maybe i'll expand my my horizons on some hikes and stuff but yeah steven i'm curious too with you like surveying you know the different uh deer elk you know game that is hunted does that like how does that come into play with like people hunting those like you is are you kind of like surveying the population to see like how many can be hunted or like if it, if there needs to be hunt like hunting going on like what does that look like yeah well it just hunting season just kind of started so it's been yeah. kind of busy for us um honestly and so they're like a lot of the work is for me when i'm doing the surveys for as i mostly do reptiles surveys um but for me when i they do call me and ask me to do a uh, big game it's mostly for neighborhoods just to see how many um, how much of this game isn't in the areas where they're allowed to go or people are allowed to go hunting. It's just to see where these elk are at in the neighborhood and then kind of adjust for the hunting areas that are around the neighborhood, which when I say around, I mean like 10 to 20 miles away from the main town because you can't hunt so yeah. close. But, uh, but yeah, this is kind of just a small, small, uh, small city in the forest so i mean there's a lot of just random elk that kind of pop up so yeah and then people call that in and so find that kind of stuff and then 
So yeah, that's kind of the major thing I do. But then the game wardens are the ones who are writing tickets for people who are hunting illegally and poaching and um, for illegal fishing without fishing license and stuff like that. So, so audience, do not come, don't come at me for um, writing tickets because I don't do that. I do the research. So eat that. Now, (laughs) now, uh, this is a trick question, Stephen. Have you ever, have you ever hunt, uh, have you ever fished without a fishing license? (laughs) I did before I was 14 because I didn't need one. Before you're <laughs> but other than that, ah. I don't fish. I don't fish too often, so I um I do fish a little bit, but I've always had a license for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm not not the best fisherman. I uh, I catch yeah, a lot of small fish. I'm not very good at it, but I try. I like to go hunting with my friends or like people I know, but I I don't really do any of the shooting or the hunting or anything like that. But I like to go with them. And yeah, just kind of enjoy the woods and be able stuff to like hike bit. around and be in the woods yeah exactly it's a little fun too yeah. you're sneaking around the woods and then you see this giant elk walk by and, and it's like sometimes my friends will like want to hunt it and shoot it or whatever and then or kill it with their bow and arrow and i'm like and sometimes we just look at it and it walks away which is cool so being selective that's, about what you hunt that's cool and not yeah. just like shooting the first thing that you see and that's exactly it's pretty they're pretty beautiful to see they don't even look like elk and deer mule deer specifically they they're huge and they don't even look real they just look like someone made it in a store and it's like some fake taxidermy that's like moving around they like it's they're pretty cool to see up close i like that i like that a lot that's wild and chase you've been you you were climbing a lot like indoor over the summer and then just kind of you've been a couple of times out to like grievers in that area right yeah grievers needle you know coyote rock where it's very like loose rock um great Mm -hmm. climbing over there i mean you guys know you've both been there yeah it really just did some topper up nothing too crazy the weather's been the weather was pretty nice though um both times i went pretty early in the morning Mm -hmm. and then i went this last month again too and it started to cool down finally so it was actually kind of cold (laughs) that's yeah i love that i love that would you would you lead it to start or do you just climb around and then set up the top rope i climb around and set up the top rope like okay mainly because i went i the person i went with like it was his first time climbing outside oh so yeah i didn't really have anybody that i trusted to lead belay me yeah you gotta trust the belayer exactly like he'd never even belayed before so yeah you figured it out probably. pretty quick so i was like you know whatever yeah mm-hmm. that's good good to get good to train him a little bit before you just jump right into it but yeah yeah no that makes I have sense buddies that, i have buddies and you guys have buddies too i mean same buddy we have but he i'm not gonna name his name but he's too nervous to go lead climb at all like he's just like well every time i ask he's like oh maybe we'll do it next week and the next week and then the next week and then we never yeah. do it so <laughs> yeah but it's a little frightful frightful type yeah. of climbing kind of but get used I've, to it. I've kind of run into the opposite problem out here um sometimes like i want like if i'm projecting a route like i know it's weird to project like a hundred foot route but like sometimes if i want to like get it down and be like yeah i can do that a hundred percent of the way i want to top rope it but everybody that i climb with out here is like no we just lead it and then rappel off of it and that's it like i all right sounds good do they good. set up so, a regular anchor at the top when they get there or do they um or do they like 
uh, just to put a quick draw in and get repelled down by the quick draw. It kind of depends on or belayed down. No, it kind of depends on like what we're doing. Um, yep. A couple weeks ago, I we did Montezuma's Tower in Garden of the Gods, and it's like a hundred and thirty foot route, um, two pitches. And the guy that I was climbing with, what we did was he, I belayed him to the next station, and then belay, he belayed him was his belay for up to the top. And then once we got up there, we just put it through the rappel because they're on chains and things like that. Just put it through the rappel, mm-hmm. rappel rings and then wrap down. But for the most part, depending on how many people are climbing, we'll just leave the uh, leave the draws at the top. So you set up your own rappel with the, like a PAS and then just rappel your like bring the rope up kind of thing? Or are you getting like belayed down, oh, no. I guess? Yeah, so like when, if, if it's, if there's a couple of people that are going to be doing the route, we'll just set up just and just leave the draws leave the two draws and that's going to be what the anchor system is up there for then oh okay gotcha. yeah so nice nice so how do you end up cleaning those off at the end uh whoever's last to climb just goes up anchors in takes out the draws puts the uh puts the rope through the chain at the top and then we blow oh, okay. them or Tied they repel them mm-hmm. gotcha that sounds pretty intense, man. <laughs> yeah, that sounds very intense. I mean, that one's it, it's not too bad, surprisingly, once you get yeah. up to the top. Um, the thing that's wild about Montezuma's Tower specifically is it's narrow. Um, and so it's kind of cool to have a tower, like as most towers are. Um, but like you can have your leg on the east side and on the west side of the tower, and you're just straddling it, and that's how you're sitting at the top, setting everything up, or in our case, oh. we were taking pictures and stuff, which is kind of fun. That's really cool, actually. Yeah. So that's. Yeah, I'm excited to go up there in a couple of weeks and then and, uh, yeah. experience the Colorado climbing, honestly. Cause I've never been to it's... Colorado, and I, you keep telling me, you and Chase both keep telling me how great the climbing is. So I'm excited to try it out. It's incredible. I, I absolutely love it. And then in two months, two months, I'm back down there to join you guys. Two months till I'm back. Two to months the... is nothing. That's quick man it's, I'm excited it's gonna to go see quick it. yeah yeah I'm excited cause, yeah because that's that's why we're doing this pod this episode and in the next couple episodes that we're going to be doing is remote because i'm i'm out here for now for the next two months so that's kind of neat but and then over the past like because it's been nine months since the last episode roughly um in those nine months like have you guys because i know steven you're new anthony unfortunately just couldn't join us this time he'll he'll hopefully be on some of the next ones but over the past nine months, like, have you guys, what has been like your favorite hike that you've done? If you have done one or just something outside, because Chase, you've also been camping a couple of times too, right? Yeah. And I've been hiking. Um, favorite hike I've done recently mm-hmm. is, I don't know if it's, it's in Flagstaff, Mormon Mountain Trail it was actually really fun. But the reason it was fun is not because the trail was actually that fun. It was actually just raining and I really like hiking in the rain. I realized that on this trip. Um, it was probably like 2,000 feet of elevation gain. Just a nice little like hill climb. Mm-hmm. And at the top, there was some pretty nice views. Now, it got pretty intense because I drove my Kia Stinger that's pretty low to the ground in the dirt. And it was raining. So I realized that, you know, oh, we get to the top and it's pouring rain. And all of a sudden, lightning starts striking like pretty close uh, probably like 20 or 30 yards away <laughs> and um so the other people i was with we all start running down the hill <laughs> and 
it starts hailing pretty intensely, pretty thick pieces of hail, like knocking me in the head. And so we just keep running and the rain and hail just picks up, gets heavier and heavier and it just gets really, really cold all of a sudden. And after that, um, the rain just keeps pouring down and I'm running down the hill and my, the other people I was with decided, oh, we're just going to walk, you know, we're not worried. So I was worried though. And the reason I was worried is because my car was down at the bottom and I could see that the campground that I was parked at was starting to flood. So I ran like pretty fast down there and then ended up getting lost and I had no like jacket or anything. I was like shirtless. So it was like probably 40 degrees and I'm just shirtless, like running through the hail. And then I ended up like finding my car and it was like, in a pool of water so like probably like four or five inches of water like nothing crazy to where like my car was flooded but I somehow was able to get out of there and my windshield was all fogged so I couldn't even see and then I was fine and my car was like perfectly fine so (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness that's why actually that kind of makes me think like okay uh when it comes to like hiking and things that we bring and things like that, like the, the 10 essentials, the, the 10 things that you should bring that everyone should bring on every hike, regardless of duration, distance, things like that. A shirt for one. <laughs> I think, yeah. The, yeah one probably of the, like, some clothes. Yeah. One of, one of the <laughs> last things is like extra and dry clothes. <laughs> and that's, that, that feels, uh, that, that feels kind of important on that one. Um, Cause that's Tarzan. cold for that. For, for Arizona specifically, like that's that's a little chilly with the rain and everything too, because that's uh that's wild. But at least your car was especially okay. in Flagstaff. Flagstaff, it's it doesn't sound like it, but like in Arizona, because it, it's in Arizona, but it's one of the colder cities in the United States. I don't know Which if anybody really knew that, but it's yeah, just because it's in Arizona doesn't mean it doesn't get cold. Yeah, because uh, I think people have such a huge perception of Arizona, man. Like it's so funny. It's, yeah, it's just yeah, because yeah. the big cities are in the desert. Yeah, exactly. It's just because mm-hmm. everyone thinks it's literally a desert all around the whole area. But once you get to Flagstaff yeah. and northern north of that, it's it's cold, man. It's pretty chilly. Because yeah. <laughs> Flagstaff is what six thousand feet above six thousand feet for its elevation. I think it's nine thousand. Is it really? Yeah, I think it's what? nine thousand feet. And then the top of Mount Humphreys is twelve thousand. Top of Mount Humphreys, which is the tallest mountain in Arizona, is mm-hmm considered a tundra it's the only tundra in all of arizona really that's wild yeah yeah flagstaff is okay yeah so there we go yeah flagstaff is 6909 feet oh okay i was wrong okay yeah i thought it was nine thousand. i know mount humphreys hum- is around 12 though yeah humphreys is 12,633 yeah yeah i think this yeah i think the start of humphreys is nine thousand feet yeah exactly mm-hmm. yep got that humphreys is, is thirteen thousand feet i think right it's close to uh, it's like twelve thousand something. Yeah, Humphreys like is twelve thousand like, six hundred. Oh yeah, twelve thousand six hundred. Dang. Yeah, still so high. Yeah, I was yeah, thinking it was that. probably a mountain. Have you guys hiked that before? Yes, amazing hike. Uh, yeah, dude. Chase yeah, has. I haven't. Hike. That's one of my favorite hikes in all there in all of Arizona. Honestly, just like you're deep in the woods for a little bit of it, and then all of a sudden you just get to the saddle. Is what they call it. Like probably like another mile away from the summit, and then. It's just like completely like wide open, this rocky area, and you're just like you can see like the Grand Canyon on a clear day, which is another hour away, like driving. So that's incredible. It's pretty, yeah, it's crazy views. 
Oh my goodness. The Grand Canyon, that's still one that I, I do want to do. I've done, I think, two 14ers out here, but I, I, I want to do the Grand Canyon. So I think yeah, that was one of my favorite one of my favorite hikes I've ever done, or backpacks, I guess, I've ever done. It's been like yeah. five days going in, and then I think it was like 35 miles in and out. And it's not it was too fun. Bad. Just, yeah, it's not, it wasn't bad at all. It was just uh, a lot of time just like hanging out, really. It wasn't all hiking. It was just kind of hanging out once we got to the bottom, yeah. hanging out by the Colorado River, because we were camping by this uh, rapid called Granite Rapids. And you just see all these uh, white water rafters cruising by, and you're hanging out, watching them go by all day, kind of thing. That was kind of fun cool. for a while. Yeah. Heck yeah. But, That's awesome. But yeah, other than, other than that, I, I did a couple hikes. I mean, a lot of hiking this summer, but mostly for work. Um, did a lot of four peaks hiking. Not really the summits of the peaks, but just that kind of general area, which is mm-hmm. basically boulder hopping from one rock to another rock. And I was... Scrambling. It's the best. <laughs> yeah, I had a crazy, crazy story there. I'm like, I'm probably like... Without, this is all without rope or anything like that. Probably like 200 feet on top of this rock face. And I'm just looking down it. And there's really like no way around. So I just have to basically go in between this crack and these two giant boulders. And just shimmy down all the way down like 200 feet just to get to the bottom and can continue hiking. Because for the types of surveys I do, they're called transects. So you got like a... 15 you have 15 meters total so you have seven meters on each side that you kind of have to cover looking for tortoises and i was doing that and i was like i gotta just go straight down this boulder i can't like go all the way around because it would take me way off my transect and uh, i ended up doing that and just cruising down this big giant boulder and i finally get to the bottom and i'm like my arms and my legs are all scratched up even though i'm wearing like long sleeve shirts my shirt is like torn to bits and it was because it's all granite big boulders that are just miserably rough on you but it's fun now Jeez. looking back on it it was a lot of fun but but I'm <laughs> like I was, on that same transect though further down I was just hiking through that and I stumble upon these like spray painted um uh coolers like they're spray painted with like the rock spray paint that like kind of like camouflage into the rock and I'm like huh I wonder what these are and then I go up to them and then I kind of peer in through these two boulders and it's, it's like hidden away. And I'm like looking in there and it, I walk into this giant like boulder room, um, probably like 10 feet by 10 feet. And then with like a five foot ceiling. So I'm kind of like crouching in there. I'm a bigger dude. I'm like six two to the audience, but crouching in here. And then I see a wood stove mugs and like, this is like in the middle of nowhere. In in Four Peaks, like country, basically in the, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, and there's coolers with no. They had nothing in them, but they're like hidden in there. And then a firewood stove, um, jugs of water in Arizona tea gallons, and then a bunch of backpacks, a shovel, and other stuff. And it's all. And then like I go back up, I come around to the roof to check out the roof, and it's like a metal. Um, it's like a metal roof that he spray painted with the same color rock as the boulders that were around it. And then I'm just in here. I have a video of it and it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. And I'm just like literally in the middle of nowhere and I mark it on my GPS and I'm just like, what the heck is someone doing out here? I'm probably like two miles deep into the middle of like into the middle of nowhere when we already drove out into the middle of nowhere. And so I'm like, 
like I'm confused what it is like my mind starts like racing I'm like is it like poachers or is it like um like is this like a a legal like illegal people crossing the border trying to have like a little home here because like we're in the Arizona like close to the border or somewhat close to the border and I was like this is just the weirdest possible place I could possibly be that someone would have like a whole setup camp and I, I thought it was the craziest thing ever and I had ended up moving like a mug or something like from one end to the other and we ended up surveying these same sites multiple times and I come back to the same camp spot like three weeks later and mm-hmm. I see a note there and the guy's like, uh, please, he leaves a note and he says, please don't move any of my things. Um, I've had past approval of being here. And I was like, who approved this? Like, it's all government land. So I'm like, I'm asking my bosses and they have no idea. So it's just like some crazy man that's just out, out in the middle of the, down in the middle, middle of the four wilderness. Yeah. And it's great. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh my goodness. That is wild. Like, that's so weird. Like, I don't know how he got all the materials over there. Like, there's no access. Like, the begin. I swear to God, the beginning of this hike is the steepest mountain you will ever have to hike. Like, it is. There's no trail. You're just hiking out. You're bushwhacking through this really steep mountain, and then you finally clear that. It's probably like an immediate like thousand thousand like uh feet of elevation like immediate like just straight up and had, we just had to go up it to find these tortoises while i was doing my work craziest thing i've ever experienced but it's just wild yeah. that like he, yeah. he was in there like <laughs> that's honestly yeah, yeah. Story. no i know i was just like oh man it was that was a wild story so i did yes. enjoy hiking in that area because it was beautiful saw a lot of crazy mm-hmm. wildlife i can i confronted a cougar and <gasps> um at four peaks too it was just in a cave pacing back and forth yeah tell us about that i was looking for so i look in a lot of caves and crevices looking for tortoises because they they're not very big they're probably about a foot long and um, six to eight inches wide these sonoran desert tortoises um and i'm looking in the caves just like scavenging because i mean you gotta check every crack and corner because they can be like they can be up to 50 feet deep in these caves oh my so goodness. if you have a big enough cave that you can crawl into you got to crawl into it just, just to look for this tortoise kind of thing because it's important to get their numbers and stuff and count them in the survey so we can mm-hmm. um, either consider them endangered still or take them off the endangered species list um so uh, like, weird like was, just... <laughs> <laughs> what was that I said you're the tortoise census yeah basically yeah i I am and so i'm doing this and i'm looking in this cave and we all have flashlights for these caves so i'm like looking in kind of crouching down on all fours and i'm like okay i'm looking in and then i shine my light in this giant cave and i just see these two eyes just staring back at me and i'm like holy crap i'm like what is that and like i take a better look and at first i'm like what's a bobcat maybe okay like or something like that it's a big I'm a bigger animal, and I was like, okay, so it's a mammal. And then I was like, no, it's not a bobcat. And then I'm like, okay, so then I kind of get a little bit closer, and then I see this giant wagging tail, which bobcats do, they have short little nubs for tails. I don't know if you guys knew that, but like really short nubs for tails. And this bobcat just pacing back and forth, and I see its tail wagging with my flashlight. 
And then it looks me in the eyes again and I see its face and it's like the most intimidating cougar face I have ever seen in my life. Oh and my gosh. Yeah. So scary. Like flat, flatter, flatter <laughs> feline kind of face, facial features. So I knew it wasn't like a coyote or anything like that because canines have longer snouts and stuff. So um, I'm not using, using really technical terms, but longer rostrums and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, this is intimidating. So I kind of oh. just like backed up slowly and kept, kept hiking. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's, that's, and when you guys are doing this stuff, are you usually solo or just with teams? Uh, there's, there's usually about a team of like four to 12 of us. Mm-hmm. and we're about like we're all spread out between those 15 meter transects so depending on it we could be like up to like 50 meters apart from each other at a time because you kind of get off transect because we're all using gps mm-hmm. to be specific in the transect we're at so to account for the air we're probably like at most 50 meters apart from each other okay i mean that makes sense so you're, you're still close enough that like if you shout something somebody else will probably hear you yeah, most of the time. Sometimes you like if you're checking a cave, some like a little bit harder than, or you have more stuff to check. Um, the other people will get ahead or behind, depending on what they're checking to. So you might be a little further ahead or behind. Um, but yeah, most of the time you have at least one buddy that's nearby. Okay, that's cool. So it's not like you're just a hundred percent solo out in the desert. No, yeah, yeah. We have yeah. at least someone we could probably reach out to if something were to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah. yeah no that makes sense that's yeah, so sure. scary though like even if you yeah. have a well that's scary <laughs> yeah that was a crazy experience because they don't like those types of animals just don't like to be cornered so i like didn't mean to corner it but i just stumbled upon it and i was like oh you know back up very slowly so he doesn't get like peeved at me and just yep. jump and kill me you know but because they can feel they can feel your heartbeat like in your and they know exactly where your like neck is to cut your throat to those animals like they do it for every type of every type of mammal ever but yeah that's one of the craziest stories i have plenty more but i think i think we i don't know i think there's a lot more to yeah. talk about in future podcasts so i'll probably save a little unless you guys got more to i got any no, crazy definitely. stories that like, happen at, at this point not a whole lot at least for me not a whole lot crazy has happened um just a lot of hiking and climbing but i'm very excited to hear more of it because like seeing a cougar in a cave seeing a cougar in general is just terrifying but seeing a cougar when you're in a cave that's uh that's that's a little bit more than uh than i'd like to do (laughs) that's that's a lot closer to one than i'd like to be yeah same here but i'd rather be the cougar yeah i'd rather be the cougar (laughs) yeah and so they're wild everything's wild man so you gotta be careful when you're out there yep. that's the end. moral of that story you just gotta take it easy take it easy and be vigilant yep mm. yeah and so steven for uh for just where people can find you where can people find you and uh like what are you what are you before we get into where people can find you what uh what are you doing like now so it is it is just searching for those snakes right those other ones yeah pretty much just searching for those snakes um it's getting to that time of year where I'm not going to be seeing a whole lot of them, to be honest, because it's just getting really cold out, especially up here in Payson. Um, so I probably won't see a whole lot of them unless it's during the middle of the day. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, just kind of climbing, trying to get more consistent on, consistent on my weekends. And then, yeah, just 
trying to travel and uh, enjoy some nature in other places that I haven't been before. So, yeah. Heck yeah. That's pretty much it. Um, my, I don't know if you were asking, but my handle for my Instagram is uh, S for Steven. It's S underscore F-O-R underscore Steven, which is S-T-E-P-H-E-N for the P-H. It's not Perfect. my fault. My parents did this. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much wrapping on the time that we have for today. Uh, and Steven, you're a part of the team now, so like that's we're definitely going to be hearing a lot more from you. Uh, and then we'll bring it back in in two weeks and see what we're all up to. And Steven, you and I will actually be out. You'll be out here climbing here in about two weeks. Yeah. So that's going to be awesome. So yeah. So yeah, we'll uh, wrap this up and love to hear it, man. Thanks for inviting me on and. Uh... I'm excited to be a part of the adventure, you know? So heck yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us, Steven. Heck yeah. But I'm excited to hear more. I feel like I talked a lot, so I'm sorry if I bored some people, but I am excited to hear more about your guys' stories. So And dude, no, this was awesome because we get to everybody gets to know you on this one and then we're gonna have you along for the adventure. There's a there's a lot that we've got planned and a lot that's coming up that, that we're really excited for. So That'll be great to share with everyone. And as always, you guys can follow us on Lost Trail Podcast. And that's more than likely where most of you have already found the podcast, to be 100% honest. Uh, but yeah, thank you all for listening. And Chase, if you want to wrap us up. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Um, couldn't be more grateful for our consistent listen listeners on our first two episodes. So wanted to throw that out there. I know it's been nine months since we last put anything out, um, but a lot more to come in the coming months with the winter season upcoming, uh, probably some snowboarding trips here and there and um, more climbing trips and 2024. No so a lot on the horizon and yeah, let's wrap this Heck up. Yeah. Thanks everybody. And we'll see you in probably a month or so. Excellent. Thank you guys so much. Thanks guys. Hey guys, this is Chase with the Lost Trail Podcast. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. I know it's been a long couple of months since our last episode, but we are back in action and we will be pumping out content as the year goes on. Everybody have a great Thanksgiving and stay safe out there.